Hey guys, welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris and Jake is not here. He is called in sick. He's under the weather. Uh, so we're going to have to do this without Jake. And it always feels really sad when Jake is not here because he's, you know, he's so happy and optimistic and cheerful and charismatic. And he's always sitting over there laughing and having a good time. And I have to admit, it feels a little bit lonely in the studio. However, we do have a fun episode for you guys. We have Built by Jeff, home built by Jeff on the podcast. Jeff is, he runs a YouTube channel with 115,000 subscribers. He documents, you know, one or two times a week his projects. He did a 9-11 restoration, uh, which actually took a lot of inspiration from um, just in terms of, you know what, let's just do it, right? When I did the front pan on the car, I just, I was terrified. I was mortified. I ordered the parts and I remember just basically freezing. I froze up and I didn't know if I could do it. And I watched, like, there's his YouTube channel and there's a couple other YouTube channels out there. And and I just was like, you know what, I just got to do this. And and he learns as he goes. We talk about learning from mistakes and stuff like that. And and uh, his 9-11 project was really integral in, you know, pushing me forward on some of my own projects. He's got um, he's got an old Alpha that he's putting a Ferrari motor into. It's a, 300, a three, Ferrari 360, I guess that would be a Modena or something like that, motor in his Alpha. He also has the ugliest Porsche Boxster I've ever seen. Um, he put a, an Audi V8 in there, and I didn't know that the Audi V8 bolts right up to a Boxster transmission, but apparently does. He's building that. We're going to talk about all that. We're going to talk about what it means to explore in your garage, learn, make mistakes. But before we get that, uh, Jake does have something for us. Let's take a break here and talk about our sponsor, Olberg car care. Olberg is your source of professional detailing compounds and supplies that is research tested and developed by professional detailers themselves. These are the guys that are actually passionate about detailing and know firsthand what makes a good product. And they truly are great products. I love it's a simple foolproof two-step system, easy and gives an amazing finish. And right now they're offering a whopping 20% off your order when you use the code OVERCREST. The discount code is good not only on oberkcarcare.com, but also on detailedimage.com and carsupplieswarehouse.com. Please go check them out today. Hello. Hey, Jeff. It's Chris from the Overcrest Podcast. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing so good. It's awesome to talk to you, man. Yeah, it's great to, to, uh, to talk to you. I was just... Uh just watching your latest exploits on youtube oh no <laughs> what am i doing this time <laughs> uh just playing around in the mud so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's been, been such like a learning process this youtube stuff i know you know you've been doing it for six years but for me just starting yeah. out it's like technical failure cameras broken my buddy smashed a camera with a wrench it's just everything is going to shit i think i finally got it figured out but it's a it's a serious learning curve it, it it definitely is. I have definitely smashed many a camera, uh, particularly with a you know, working on silly cars in the garage, like with a uh, tripod standing behind me that I forget about and walking to and knock it over and yeah and yeah this this, this and and then microphones not turned on and yeah and 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 losing footage and just yeah it it, it can be a real headache. It's it doesn't it doesn't seem to get much easier. The, the episode that you just watched, which is you know back, going back and going up and going off road is 99% of the audio is gone. Just gone. Didn't work. Yep. Just none. <laughs> so we're trying to like edit and figure this out and figure out how to make a story out of this. My buddy Ryan has been doing the editing for me. It's total nightmare. Total nightmare. Uh, I, I wish I had somebody who did my editing, but uh, I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't so think I'm going to be able to afford to do that in perpetuity. That's for sure. That's for sure. It's it's just it's it's really time consuming, but I mean, I've gotten it down now so that when I film, I actually uh, film in such a way that makes it easier to edit. Yes, because because I'm editing it, I know how to film it to and, and how to you know you you get better at this stuff as, as you go along. Yeah, yeah, but, for sure. Uh, yeah, but but I I, I enjoy it. This YouTube is a, is a is is a hobby that feels like a job. <laughs> yeah, well, why did you why did you start do, why did you start recording what you're doing? By the way, we're we're recording right now. Are you okay with that? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. That's fine. Awesome. Um, so yeah, why did you start well, doing this in the first place? You know, I look back and I sorted by sorted by year, and then here's Jeff around this 
this 911 that is that thing was a toilet i'm looking at i'm it looking was, at rusty fenders was, i'm looking at bodywork that's chipped up and bondle that's falling off and a terrible spoiler and and wheels that don't fit and and the, and the and the welding and everything on the uh on the fender flares look terrible and what made you want to go okay i better document this let's do a youtube channel well to be honest it wasn't i, I never actually pictured that it would actually grow to a YouTube channel like something that I've got now. I I basically got the car and I was on car forums like all of us. And instead of just putting photos up, I thought, well, hang, hang on. How about if I, if I do videos of it? Cause I know that's something that I would watch. Right. And, you know, I thought that that's something that, that, that'd be cool. And so the first couple of videos are pretty terrible hand, handheld GoPro and, you know, pretty, pretty rough, but, uh, yeah. And, and think about what we had at the time, right? We had velocity. Yeah. Well, I don't know what you had in, in Australia, but we had something called like velocity channel and everything you would see would be like, we got to get this car done. And it would, they would, and they're just throwing parts at it. And, you know, Garrett's like delivering turbochargers, like naked women are delivering parts. It's that good for those guys. It's just whatever you <laughs> yeah. want all the time. Cause it's just given to you and they don't really show yeah. how everything's done. All of a sudden they go to commercial and they cut back and the car's done. And it was like really this yeah. kind of, you know, this this content that we could get as car guys, at least on television, was terrible. Yeah, and and people still expect that now. I still get comments now going, "Why is this like my current project? Why is it taking so long?" And blah blah blah. It's like it's a it's a it's a real project, and I try and do it to a a high standard. And there are plenty of car builds on YouTube that are pretty rough and just sort of slapped together and but uh, that's not that's not what I'm aiming for I'm aiming for you know the quality hopefully um but I, I always used to be you know when I was younger I was working on cars in the garage and didn't have the, the budget so I'd always try and build things myself and that's sort of you know where it's come from I, you know I want to build my build my projects myself and and try and learn as I go I like learning how to do stuff so so i tackle everything because why not well you talk about being <laughs> in your garage as a kid what were you working on back then what were some of the projects that you had well in, in the probably beginning? more in my, my 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 20s i suppose but but well uh, the start like i was into i had a, a motor i grew up on a sort of 80, 80 acre farm and uh, had a motocross bike that i'd tinker on and and learn you know i, I remember one day i spent uh about an hour at least, you know, sort of immaculately cleaning the bike. I oiled, you know, oiled the uh, the air filter and the chain and the brake discs, and then took it for a quick ride and realised that's why you don't oil brake discs. <laughs> and <laughs> and I flew. Our driveway was about a uh, hundred metres long, and then there were sort of two gates that were offset at the bottom. And uh, as I got down near the bottom, and I went for the brakes, and there was nothing. And I'm like, oh! And I and I just managed to slail around the gates without slamming into anything. It was yeah. But we learn from these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you really don't have. You're not a mechanic. You, you told me you're a firefighter. Is no. what you do for your main job. Yes. So yeah, this, yeah. That's my, my day job. So you don't like wake up in the morning, go clock in, weld stuff. You know, every single day, go home and do more. You're all self-taught. Yeah, which yeah, means definitely. mistake taught. Absolutely, <laughs> and I and and even in my videos, if I make a mistake, it's staying in, like because I think it makes it more more realistic. And to be honest, like for YouTube, it makes it more interesting anyway. If I stuff something up, it's more interesting than if it just everything's perfect all the time. Right. And uh, but I think people relate to it. Uh, like um, at least that's what they 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 tell me because. It's not always perfect. It's you know there, there's a learning curve, and you can if you if you if you watched my videos for six years, you would have seen an evolution of of, of my skills increasing as as it goes along, and that's what I you know as I said I always want to learn how to do stuff, and I and I've I've often looked at things like you know I, I watch a you know a, a carpenter do something, and I, I look at this guy and go well. Jeepers, if he can do it, surely I can do it. You know, yeah. <laughs> some people you sort of look at and go, mm, well, they can they can still get around doing that. So it's anyone could. Right, right. And you know, it's, if you put your mind to it. Yeah, and it's interesting that, you know, a lot of people will, will are, are, I think they're scared to make the mistakes. Right. I think they're, yeah. I think they're scared. And um, I'm not sure. What do you attribute 
that too for people that they start doing something, maybe they make a mistake and they put it away. Why do you think people quit? That's a good question. Um, uh, look, uh, uh, in some ways, yeah, I, I think a lot of people, the biggest mistake I think a lot of people do is they just never even start. They look at something as a whole and go, that's too huge. That's too hard. There's no way I can ever do that. Uh, at the moment, like I've actually uh, got to head out into the garage soon and uh, continue wiring up a, um, a computer to the uh, Ferrari engine I've got sitting here. And uh, you look at a bundle of, you know, 50 different colored wires and think there is no way I can ever do that. But when you actually break it down and do one little thing at a time and keep going until you get that one thing and you just and then do the next thing and and if you break everything down it, it it's it's actually it's actually not as insurmountable and if you if you if you make a mistake learn from it and keep going because you can you can get it right and yeah you just that's that's at least that's that's the way i i look at things and maybe it's a farming background you know where you know the the some farm machinery is always breaking and there's always stuff. And so, so, you know, my dad was always out there. My dad wasn't really a farmer. He was actually, you know, he, he, he worked in the city. It was just sort of a, a, a weekend farm, if you like, but he'd still be out there with his old stick welder and trying to weld up some bit of farm machinery that broke again. Cause that's just what farmers do. That farmers can't go and pay someone and stop everything and, you know, get a, someone to fix it all the time. They've got to work on the fly. And maybe that's what, you know, got my mentality thinking that way that I can, you know, let's work out a way to fix it. Plus labor is expensive. <laughs> well, it really is. Right? I mean, labor it is really super is. expensive. My grandpa always told me when I was growing up and the people that have listened to the podcast, a lot have heard this before, but you can <laughs> screw it up three times and still probably come out ahead. Plus you learn something compared to paying someone else to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. And, and again, like if you're, um, like I, I get the picture of your your grandfather's in a more remote area as well, like you know being on a farm or wherever where you know it, it's not that easy to get somebody to fix stuff. It's you know even if even if you could pay someone's labor, it's not that accessible. It's really right. going to delay you a long way, especially older dudes. Uh, so, right? So, I mean, you've got a guy he's yeah. 88, 89 years old now, and he grew up in Kansas. Yeah. So he yeah. grew up in rural Kansas on a farm. So if you yeah. couldn't fix it yourself, either the crops didn't come in, the pigs didn't get fed, the 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 cows died, whatever it was that was going on, you're shit out of luck yeah. because there's no one else that's going to help you. Everybody's got their own problems back then. It, 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 exactly. So so you you persevere and yeah, and like you said, you learn something, and I mean yeah, that's how that's how you you learn things. I, I mean, I'm a I'm a big advocate for, for, you know, teaching yourself and learn, learning how to do stuff. People always ask me how, you know, where'd I learn to do all this sort of thing. And this is the greatest time ever. We've got YouTube videos it's that you amazing. can look to, to research, to do anything. If you, if you want to learn how to do absolutely anything, there's somebody's done a video on it and you can, you can learn from, from somebody else's mistakes and, Especially with cars and yeah. machines, there's manuals everywhere. You can get wiring diagrams. I can get a wiring diagram for anything right now. I just got to hop online, type it in, boom, it's there. Color-coded wiring diagram. I, you know, I'm 40, so when I started working on cars, probably when I was like 16, 17 years old or whatever, there wasn't any of that. You had to go to the library, find a book, and usually you didn't feel like going to the library, so you would just kind of start figuring things out. Now we're talking about much simpler wiring harnesses and much simpler machines back then. But right now, it is, it is so easy. There's almost no excuse to not at least try. And there's, you know, I can't, you can't expect everybody to, um, like I did the front pan on my 911, cut it yeah. in half. I'm not a welder. I just practiced on sheet metal on the side and then did it, right? Most people aren't going to attempt to do that, and they're not going to attempt to put a Ferrari motor in an Alpha. They're not going to attempt to restore yeah. 911 in their garage all by themselves without knowing anything. But I think what people can do is they can take small little bits and pieces. Like, even if it's as simple as starting out, I'm going to change my oil. I'm not going to pay somebody to do my oil. Or I'm going to go rent the tools to do my own brakes. And brakes are something that scare people. I've had a couple friends that don't DIY. And I'm like, just do your brake pads. They're like, oh, my God, I could, I could die. 
I could kill somebody. I'm like, it's very simple. Process <laughs> is very easy. You can do this stuff. You can do it. And then you can take pride in your work and you get the reward of, of everything that you've cultivated. That's almost like farming in a way, except you're farming in your yeah. own little garage, creating this thing that you get to enjoy yourself, this machine. And that's wonderful. Yeah, I, I, I'm... I yeah I really get a huge sense of satisfaction looking back on something that I've that I've built or that I've done you know I and and that's why I'm I'm constantly you know my careers have changed vastly over the years and 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 every you know because I I keep looking for for different ways to learn new things and sort of once I get sort of so far on something I sort of things get stale and I want to learn how to do something new and that's yeah and and get better and better at what you know, at, at whatever I sort of tackle. So I sort of look back at the uh, my 911 build six years ago and compare the body work I did on that to what I'm doing on my our Ferrari project at the moment. It's uh, yeah, it's 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 nowhere near as good. And one day I'll probably rebuild that uh, that 911 again. I am sure. It's uh, yeah, it's it's not going anywhere. That that's <laughs> that's a yeah, uh, that's a keeper. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean that's the one that started it all. Tell me about this. This Alferrari thing, which I don't, how did this come about? Like, did you get the motor for it? I didn't, I haven't listened to or watched all the episodes. I watched some here and there, but where did this, That's okay. motor, where did the car come from? Where did this motor come from? Why did, did they just both show up and you're standing in your garage looking at both of them can kind of just almost like a child with the, with the square block on that little toy where you have to push the thing through the holes and you're like, well, this fit, yeah. I don't know. Is this going to happen? <laughs> how did this happen? Well, uh, the, the alpha, I was looking for another project after my um, after my nine eleven, and they actually ended up stumbling across two at once, both sort of similar state of disrepair. It was a Datsun two forty Z and a the blue uh, one? Uh, yes. Okay. So that that was that was just a primer bare, bare metal sort of boxes of parts, and uh, I built that, and that's actually in the US now. One of my viewers from Phoenix flew over and bought it and took it back. So it's over, over your much closer to you than it is to me now. Okay. Um, but, uh, but the alpha, I, so I got it and it was a, it had, somebody had started the project and it sort of, it starts half sort of stripped it back, but it was, there was heaps of bog on it. What you guys call Bondo, we call bog. Um, <laughs> Probably a more appropriate <laughs> and, term. Because it's something you have to <laughs> yeah. wade through when someone puts it on the car. You have to wade through it later. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, it was it was boxes of parts, and I knew that I wanted to do something interesting. And um, it was actually one of my um, Porsche mates who who's got a he's actually put an an LS in a. Uh, 911 similar similar to mine, which I know uh, really rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Um, and he was mentioning how he saw how cheap, cheap inverted commas Ferrari Ferrari engines were, and that's what got me thinking about the Alpha because did you compared say the Ferrari to engine was cheap? <laughs> In inverted commas, it, okay. if you compare it to air cooled Porsche prices, right. it's similar to sort of a an old air cooled engine. Okay, okay. If if not if not cheaper than an air-cooled engine it's prob probably yeah cheaper than an air-cooled like and not not rebuilding i'm just talking about buying an old like thrashed um air-cooled engine air-cooled porsche engines for some reason are you know liquid gold they're right. they're, <laughs> they're absurd. Worth especially for like the cost for what you're getting that they just don't make any oh. they don't make any power for what you're paying it's crazy no no the amount like that that is by far and away the most expensive part of my 911 project was was the engine build. Even though I did it all myself, and I you know I got helped out with with uh, with parts, and I actually um, went to uh, performance developments in Los Angeles um, and did all the engine machining there because uh, Neil, who works there, is ex Brabham Formula One. Um, team won two world championships with his engines and then he was the head engine builder at andile and so he knows a bit about porsches and uh yeah he graciously uh reached out to me and said you know he wanted to help out 
and uh, you know, I flew over there and he showed me, and and I, and I I built it under his sort of tutelage, and yeah, it was it was great to learn how to to do this sort of stuff. But anyway, yeah, getting sidetracked again. That's okay. The, uh, It'll Al happen. Ferrari. It's not the last time. <laughs> the uh, the Alfarari, yeah. So so I sort of found that the um, you know that's because Enzo Ferrari started obviously his his career at Alfa Romeo and so there is this this history and even currently the you know the Alfa Romeo Formula One cars have Ferrari engines in them so I thought it wasn't too far of a leap and and I thought it would be I thought it would be a really a cool fun project um yeah so after building uh an engine or building a couple of engines now um I realized how expensive building engines were and I thought well how about if I start with something that's sort of that doesn't need rebuilding. This Ferrari engine I have is actually out of a, a wrecked Ferrari 360, a 2000 model Ferrari 360 that was wrecked in Japan. And there's a there's a wrecker in um, in Australia here that sort of buys exotic cars and has. He actually had four Ferrari 360 engines on the on the shelf as well as Ferrari 458 engines and like just every, everything you can imagine, Lamborghini, Maserati. Yeah, everything. Um, and, yeah, and I sort of looked at it and thought, well, actually, that's probably as much or cheaper than it would cost me to even just to rebuild the Alpha engine that was there. Right. Um, to have something that's got triple the power and um, and and it's something a bit interesting and it gives me a – it definitely gives me a challenge because trying to fit that engine in that tiny little car is has been quite a challenge. Yeah, I mean, that's a and far more complicated engine ever. too. I mean, any modern – engine putting it somewhere where it does not belong is difficult because you have things like you know you're dealing with variable valve timing right now and you're dealing with the with our wiring harness that's got 50 wires coming out of it and you gotta try to put standalone on it and everything are you gonna i had a question for you i was watching your most recent video on you know dealing you were talking about how the variable cam timing works are you gonna be able to have standalone adjust that or is that something that's going to be are you gonna lock that as as static and just drive it no, the, sta- the standalone can 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 adjust it, so That's it's fantastic. it's all it's it's all it's all programmable. I'm not sure, particularly because there's probably not too many people who put standalone on a Ferrari engine. Uh, finding out when that normally changes and 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 things like that, but uh, it's the the to be honest, actually, the the variable valve timing is only two wires. It's it's, it's like a it's that that's how sure basic it is it's not it's not a it's not a complicated system um particularly i'm actually surprised the ferrari engine is relatively simple i mean i I just sort of i run two projects at the same time and i also got a uh, a the the world's ugliest porsche which is a, a yeah it truly a is hideous, by the way it's, it's, it's <laughs> it boxster is, it is. with just all this red weird shit and a horrible spoiler and everything else it is truly ugly oh, well, the uh, the the diffuser is the best part. Is is somebody has taken rubber doorstops, like house doorstops, and screwed them onto the bumper, and then they painted <laughs> over them. So, <laughs> which is which is and and I keep getting comments of you know like because this is I'm building this as a track car, yeah, and a lot of people are sort of saying you know why aren't you get when are you going to take them off? But I would lose downforce, wouldn't I? So yeah, yeah, well, like, so a track at car, least point zero six pounds of downforce would be sacrificed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and yeah, that car I've actually put a, an Audi V8 into it. So um, what I soon discovered when I got this this uh, well, actually before I got the Boxster, I heard about it years ago. It was actually the a Boxster gearbox or transaxle is actually a front wheel drive gearbox out of an Audi. So the Audi engines bolt directly up to it. All Audi engines bolt directly up to the the Boxster transaxle. Right. So it wasn't that part of the tra- the build was was relatively simple, but the uh, the the rest of it gets a little bit more complicated. And that engine is, even though being an 03, 2003 engine compared to the two thousand model Ferrari engine, much more complicated than the Ferrari. The Ferrari is relatively simple, actually, on the on the scheme of things. At least as far as there's not a lot of this sort of va- you know, uh, vacuum emissions stuff and right. all sorts of crazy valving and yeah there's there's yeah so much stuff on the audi engine that's much more complicated but it's it's all part of the uh 
it's part, part of the fun, part of the experience, right? <laughs> so you you where do you live in Australia? Where where you, where is your garage generally? Because I have I, my I geographical live... concept of of your giant prison state. I just don't understand. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I live uh, south of Sydney, so um, between the the Australian capital is is Canberra, and uh, I live sort of about halfway between Sydney and Canberra. What is driving so, there? Um, like? Just in general, do like you have good roads, or or is it you know? Because I see when I think of Australian car culture, I think of guys just doing huge burnouts till the tires explode. And then going home. That's, that's what it seemed like to me. But as like a sports car guy, you've got like you've got the little Alpha thing, you've got the Boxster, you've got the 911. So there must be some sort of roads around there somewhere. There, oh, there, there are. And um, I actually do a uh, a trip every year with uh, a bunch of Porsche mates, and we go down to Tasmania. So uh, obviously, yes. that's that's a bit a bit of a drive for me. It's about a day to get down to. Uh, to Melbourne in the south, and then you can actually um, put your car on a ferry and sleep on the ferry overnight, and wake up in the morning uh, in in Tasmania. And What's we, Tasmania we just spend like? a week. And Tasmania is amazing. The roads are. I, I I think whoever made the roads must have been drunk because there is <laughs> not a straight road in the whole in the whole state, and it is it is fantastic roads everywhere. Um, they actually run a huge. Um, sort of tarmac rally event there every year, like a multiple days at the Targa Tasmania, which is, which is an epic. Um, yeah. Is it like a localized class. thing or is it kind of like a, do people come internationally for that? People come from, yeah, internationally to, to, to do it. It's quite, I mean, it's, it's mostly locals, but there are definitely people who come internationally. It's quite a, if, if you, you look it up, it's quite an epic event. There's uh yeah. And, the roads down there are amazing and it's quiet and people, you know, even, even I found when we go down there, the locals are amazing because they, you know, they see us coming up behind or whatever and they'll just pull over and get out of your way. You know, even wow. if they're tight little whiny roads, it's, it's, it's really good. But there, there are also obviously because I'm on the, uh, the, the East coast of Australia, there's, there's a lot of sort of, uh, there's a there's a there's a mountain range that runs along the, the the east coast, so there's there's always sort of mountain roads and stuff like that around here to uh, to to drive and yeah there's 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 a real range. In the middle of Australia, there's a lot of not much. Right. If you want to go, you want to get lost in the desert go. for years. That's kind of where I want to <laughs> yeah. go. I want to go straight across. I don't want to go around. I just want to drive straight yeah. across the whole thing. And I've heard my wife is like, don't do it. You will get murdered. There is a 100% chance <laughs> you are not going to make it out alive. I've done north to south, but I haven't done uh, east to west. And it's it's there's lots and lots of very straight very very long flat roads where you can't even see a tree on the horizon it's just nothing for as far as you can see so is there a little bit of martyrdom Which, involved with that is it just kind of you do it so you can suffer so you can talk about how bad it was maybe <laughs> that's, that's, like there are really you know i mean most of the population live on the uh on the coast like right yeah, most of these places. So, so, so there, there's, there's the the coast is quite green, and uh, and sort of pretty. But the centre of Australia is pretty much a lot of a lot of desert for a long way. I've seen articles um, about damming one of the rivers so you could get some water to the centre of Australia, which would, you know, make a little make it a little bit more usable. I think if you guys could get some water out there. Yeah, it's a long way. <laughs> Main, um, I, I do Australia have was... routes in Tasmania, though. I do have the, and I kind of wonder, like, how did Tasmania get populated? Do they land on like the northern coast of Australia and just dump a people off, bunch of people off there in shackles, and then people escape the the prison island and form Tasmania? But it's this incredible little island on the southeast coast of Australia, and it looks like it is basically yeah. a mountain that's sticking out of the water, isn't it? Essentially, uh, I mean, it's just yeah, it's it's rugged. quite it's quite it is it is quite rugged. I mean, that was actually a prison island. That was that was what it was built for. Um, a prison so, island for the prison island. Yeah, well, well, there there was there was prisoners obviously on um, the east coast of uh, of Australia, and there was prisoners in Tasmania as well. So that's what that's where it was sort of how it was originally populated, and um, yeah, and it's so it's it's yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a beautiful little spot which. Yeah, I'm uh, 
looking forward to heading down there again this year and having some fun. There's uh, a <clears throat> not that I actually see much. I'd love to come out to Australia. <laughs> it's 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 hard now. I think it'll probably get easier in the future. Um, mainly to go to Tasmania, but there was a another guest that we had on the podcast that had like the, he t- talked about like this transient cars for sale thing where it was like at the bottom of a parking ramp and you could fly into Australia and go to this like parking ramp and buy a car and then go out and explore and then come back and leave the car and sell it to someone else. And it seemed, have you heard of this at all? I, I have, I have heard of it sort of a, a backpackers sort of yeah. thing, but I, I haven't had any experience with that because sort of living here, I suppose this is from a, different perspective but uh i mean that sounds like the way to go yeah what, I mean, what what kind of cars do you think are being sold at this thing or is it just uh, it, it's junk <laughs> it's uh <laughs> mostly, mostly old, old vans that that people have sort of converted into sort of you know some sort of very very bad crude um yeah uh camper van sort of thing right right right. think 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 the era of your trooper are older but uh but rougher and yeah right right so was i right when i I was talking about the car culture of australia just being just (laughs) burnouts it just it seems like just burnouts all the time i don't see anything else (laughs) it 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 seems like a lot of like uh of australian muscle and everything so from an american's perspective our car culture View of you is Mad Max and guys doing burnouts. That's it. <laughs> well, it it varies quite a lot. Obviously, similar to your your culture, I suppose, where you got your your muscle car guys and your drag drag guys and your uh, uh, and then your exotic car guys and your, your classic cars and whatever. So there's still there is there is variation, but I definitely see how you get the idea. Particularly, we have. Um, summon at the event here, which is probably what you're referring to, where they have the burnout competitions. Which personally, I don't really understand. Um, they, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. Burnouts, uh, yeah. Burnouts and drifting uh, are both kind of like figure skating for car guys. For me, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I, I did spend some time drifting. I don't mind drifting because it's because I can see the skill involved, yes, and it yep. actually. Whereas burnouts, I don't really. I, I mean, I'm probably wrong because I don't know. But like, I don't really see much skill in burnouts, personally. But uh, but drifting, drifting, I get. I don't do it anymore. But I did when it in its infancy when it first sort of came out here, 15, 20 years ago. So with yeah. your cars that you've got, the projects, I kind of want to swing back to your projects a little bit. And yes. I think about um, the emissions and and the rules for motoring in Australia seem pretty onerous. Do you have to struggle with any of these parts cars in terms of getting them uh, legal to be able to drive? Yes. So, yeah, I, I watch some, you know, uh, some some American stuff, and it seems like your every state's different, just like it is here a little bit. Yeah, we have, um, in, but, in Minnesota, we don't even test emissions. You can, you, you can nobody yeah. will ever know. You can cut your cat off. You can run exhaust pipe out of your hood. It is redneck paradise here in Minnesota. You can do whatever you want. Although uh, we don't actually test emissions here either. Okay, which is which is interesting. But we do have to get in in my state, New South Wales. You have to get a um, a a check, a pink slip every year, which here means basically they check to make sure you don't have any visible rust. Uh, you don't have your lights work, your horn works, your tires aren't bald, your brakes work, that sort of thing. They'll actually take the car out and actually do it. Have a brake tester in the car that that tests. That it pulls up quick enough, but how'd you like to be? Yeah, that but we guy? don't test emissions. I just like you yeah. just go home, honey. You need to rub my neck. It hurts. I I got in a GT3 yeah. the other day, and man, those brakes are awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, but getting yeah, like getting my cars. Uh, there there is an engineering process that has to be done to get them so that they can be road legal and used on the road. So for um, for my old car, basically because of the weight of it in kilograms is a thousand and fifty kilos. Uh, for that era, you can put a naturally aspirated aspirated engine in up to four times its weight in kilos in cubic centimeters. So I can have a four point two liter V eight in that car, and the Ferrari engine is a three point six liter V eight. So so I can I can sort of 
that that side of things is is okay. But there's lots of stuff. This is presuming when the guy opens the thing, he even knows what he's looking at, right? Well, there are ways you like everywhere, I suppose, where you can probably get away with sort of you know um, squeezing it through, and that's and but that's fine if the car has been registered the whole time, but because it's, you know, if you have to go and get it registered new, then somebody has to check it thoroughly and that's where it gets more difficult. So in this case, that's why I have to make sure that it complies with the age of the engine, not the age of the car. So, so emissions wise, that's why I've had to put cats on the, um, the Alferrari because it's a 2000 model engine. So I have to build it to those standards, not to the, standards of the 1973 Alfa Romeo. So that's where things get a little bit more complicated. Right. Well, that's kind of interesting because in California, one of the reasons why I think it's maybe 1974 or 75 and Mm -hmm. earlier is non-catalyst. They don't care. They don't get tested. They don't, they don't have any emissions. So you can put a brand new engine in it. You can do whatever you want. You can run carburetors and there's no rules, but everything after that is like ridiculously strict. Yes, as long if if so so with them, yeah. So as long as the chassis is earlier than that, it, all bets are off. Right. So what are some Just, of the challenges yeah. <laughs> that you've come across? You know, over all this time of doing not necessarily with the filming and the YouTube and stuff, but with the cars, is there anything that seemed insurmountable? Because we talked about you know perseverance and not quitting and learning and mistakes and everything like that. Is there anything that's kind of pushed you to the edge of I don't want to do this anymore? This is too much. Because obviously this project that you're working on with the Alpha is pretty complicated. It it it, it definitely is. Um, to be honest, there's not really. To Come be on, honest, there's like, got to be some tool uh, throwing might... somewhere in here. There's got to be some impact oh, marks there, on the don't wall. Worry. There there are times when things don't work and like um, trying trying to put um, the. Uh, the pin clips into 911, um, tr- trying to mount 911 pistons into oh my God. Uh, back the into worst. the engine. Oh, it's the worst. That is horrible. Pin clips. Oh my God. I have, did you uh, have one let go on you too and go shooting across the garage oh, like I did? M- multiple, multiple. And then, and then you finally get it in and you bumped it too much and the, the, um, the cylinder came up too much and the rings popped out. So you had to pull it all apart and do it again. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> it was me crazy. I had, so, uh, I had yes. JE pistons in, in, with, yeah. in my motor and those wrist pin clips are really thick. And there's like a tool that yeah. you can use that kind of like pushes them in, but it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. So you end up using yeah. like a screwdriver and you, and these are basically the, what we're talking about is the, the clips that hold the piston to the rod on the rod bear or the, the wrist pin itself. Yeah. And you have to squeeze them with your fingers and your fingers are bleeding and on fire. And what I ended up doing is there was a couple that I couldn't get. I went, I don't fucking care. And I put the, uh, just the original wrist pin clips from the motor that I took apart in there. And it's, it's been fine for 70,000 miles. Well, mine, and unfortunately, because mine are all custom sort of modern shirts, short skirt pistons. Yeah. And I have smaller gudgeon pins so the pins are much smaller they're instead of being 22 millimeters they're 19 millimeters and they're so they're they're even harder because they're smaller just yeah it, 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 that there are definitely things that are frustrating <laughs> don't get me wrong but you know i might have to have a break and come back to it the next day but but i'll get there eventually anything else I'm, that's kind of stuff to give up um Trying to get my head around um, the the dry sump system on the Ferrari has been been a challenge because I, I basically the Ferrari engine is, is has a factory dry sump system, and what I noticed as soon as I I got the engine and I saw oh why why where the bell housing bolts up the oil from it actually returns to the Ferrari engine through the Ferrari gearbox, so it actually it actually the the dry sump tank is on top of the Ferrari gearbox and it and it travels through the gearbox and back into the engine again, but it's a separate oil from the gearbox oil. And why I had to actually <laughs> that's just the way they packaged it, I suppose. It, like Jesus. so when I made my adapter plate to adapt on the gearbox that I'm using, I had to actually make an oil like like make an oil return through that 
through that adapter plate to join up to a new custom dry sump tank that I had to build and and yeah and had to work out how dry sump tanks work and try and and I still don't know if it's going to work yet but I but I built a built my own custom dry sump tank because I've got so little space in this car to sort of fit it all in so yeah that sort of stuff was quite complicated and and uh, yeah it definitely uh, I definitely traveled down a rabbit hole with some of these things and just you know persevere until I do you feel like riddle. the YouTube series has, has pushed you? You know, because, oh, you know, you think absolutely. about the things you got to Nobody wants to watch a guy rebuild a, a, a stock Ford Focus ZTEC motor or something, something boring like that. So it's definitely pushed you to do something fresh, new, and challenging. Oh, I, 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 if it wasn't for YouTube, I don't think I'd be putting a Ferrari engine in an old Alfa Romeo, but I'd probably still be working on my 911 as well. So <laughs> there's, there's, uh, it, it, it pushes me. I mean, it is... It is like work. I, I spend at least three to four days a week in the garage. <clears throat> Thankfully, with my shift work with a um, as a firefighter, I work twenty four hour shifts, so I get sort of lots of time off in between. Right. So I'll go straight off of a twenty four hour shift straight into a uh, into the garage and work the whole day and, and film and and so I, I'm. It, it does feel like like work sometimes. I'm yeah. You know, I come off a twenty four hour shift and I'm. Um, Exhaust. I'm like, no, I've got to get a video out. I've got to, I've got to get out in the garage, and so that does. Does do, do you does resent it at all? Does it? I mean, when I film or I do stories or anything that like that, it really slows me down. You know, it really it, slows you down, and it it does kind of infringe on your fo- mental focus a little bit. Is it? Does that bother you at all, or do you just kind of go right through it? it? No, no, it, it definitely does. I, I think people underestimate how much extra time is in the background of. Uh, a a YouTube video of you know there's there's obviously yeah having to stop all the time and lose your train of thought and and, and explain what you're doing or where you where you're going but then also stopping and 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 resetting up the camera each time you want to do something and then you're you're trying to work but you can't work in the ideal position because that's where the camera has to go so you're sort of in a much more uncomfortable position off to the side trying to do something that so the camera can pick it up it it definitely slows things down and makes things more difficult so do you have any yeah, tips so, for anyone that's trying to start a youtube channel maybe they're like i don't know like three episodes in maybe they've got like a <laughs> project but just in general if it's you know a lot of people are trying to do stuff with social media and it, and youtube and everything else what's your advice for people that are just starting out uh, it, it, the the best advice i can give is to be consistent and to stick with it because i've seen so many people who who get motivated and start a channel and they might be going good for for uh, a couple of months and then the videos drop off and they come back again a few months later and then sort of they're all motivated again and then they drop off and it's very i think it's very hard to build an audience that way it's i think the algorithm kills you too if you're doing that yeah i mean the algorithm algorithms that the the mystery to to everyone and i just think you've you've got to enjoy it's got to be something you enjoy and something you're and it's it's got to come across like you're actually enjoying it it's not just hard work and you're doing it just to to do it um it's 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 a lot of work but yeah if you if you if you stick with it and you do something that that you really enjoy chances are somebody else is going to really enjoy it and 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 that'll take hold that's that's the best. Yeah. I don't, there's no real secrets. I mean, I know I've never had any sort of secret help. I know lots of people always think that, you know, getting a big channel to, to shout them out or something like that is going to help. And I, I, my experience is that really doesn't do much at all. It's, it's just, if, if you, if you do good work, it will, it will get discovered and get, and, and it will grow. That's kind of the and same people like the same advice I give people that ask me, Hey, well, should I start a podcast? What should I do? It's the same. It's the same yeah. exact advice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it would be nice if there was a secret and then everybody would be doing it, but the, <laughs> well, it wouldn't be a secret. Yeah. Be, be so what, what do you want to do? What's like this YouTube thing? Are you trying to like roll this into something else? You, do you want a TV show? You know, you've got a hundred and what, 115,000 subscribers. That's a lot. That's really good. Where, where do you want to be? How do yeah. you want to take this? Is this kind of, are you cool with how it is right now or is there more? I, I think I've, I've, once I hit a hundred thousand subscribers, I realized and, 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 and how long it took me to get there. And I realized that even, even now 
I'm not. I'm never going to make a living out of YouTube. It doesn't. It it it, it, it funds my hobby, but really, like for the amount of hours I do, it probably pays no, like does. a like a yeah le- less like a less than minimum wage. It's pretty. It's pretty bad. Um, but I love it, and I'm doing it because I enjoy it, and and that's where I see it. I I don't I don't particularly see uh, a TV show being worthwhile. One of one of my my friends um who who also has a um a similar size youtube channel was offered a tv show on one of these sort of discovery type type things a, a workshop build show <clears throat> with with a bunch of others and it wasn't paid and it was he they he asked them how many views you know did they expect to get and they go oh you're yeah, a good show on this will get sort of thirty thousand views an episode and it's like we already get more than that, right? We, you know, on on YouTube, why would you why would you want to do it for for that for no money just for for you know the exposure? So I'm I'm not you know, I'm not really looking for a TV show or anything. I think I just at the moment I I just enjoy what I'm doing. I enjoy you know meeting people, getting to talk to people like you, and just you know just I I enjoy the social aspect of it of and and the outlet and the release and the interaction of, of fans and stuff like that. I, I really, I really enjoy that. And I think that's why, where I, I see myself. I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm realistic about it now. And, and that, that's where, where it's going to be. I know you're inspiring people. I know that, um, when they watch your YouTube channel and they see that, you know, somebody, especially if you go way back in the series and you can see, you know, mistakes being made and stuff like that, people really, really enjoy seeing that. And I think that's great that you've been able, you've been able to do that. And I think it would be awesome is if you bring that Al Ferrari over to the United States when it's done and go on a road trip here and I can show you some stuff when you get here and we'll take you out on some great American roads. That might not be as strange as you think. <laughs> I think it would be <laughs> awesome. I'd love to see that. I'm keen thing. on doing a, a US road trip and uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it, it may happen. And, and what you were saying on the motivation, I even had a, a neighbor um, come around uh this last week because uh, he saw me wiring up this Ferrari engine and he's, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's into cars. He's an, an old sort of race. He'd be about 70, but he was always scared of fuel injection. And now watching it, he's like, Oh, it doesn't actually look as scary as what I first thought. And oh, that's amazing that even people, you know, and at that age uh, are still getting motivated and, and seeing that they could actually, you know, learn new tricks. So well, yeah, yeah, it's just fun. like when I talk about exploring, you know, I always tell people if yeah. you're not exploring, you're, you've given up, right? You're not, you're not expanding your life. You might as well be dead if you're not exploring in some way. And even as you get older, you know, like exploring doesn't have to be a road trip. Exploring can be working on something in your garage, learning something new, you know, discovering a new hobby, a new talent, a new something you want to learn. And in this guy's case, he's learning fuel injection, whatever the case may be. But all that stuff is really, really important to keeping the mind young and, and keeping active and staying happy. Absolutely. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Well, man, where can yes. people find a little bit more about you if they want to see your YouTube channel? Where do they go? Yeah, I'm, I'm home built by Jeff everywhere. Jeff with a J. So, uh, yeah, home built by Jeff on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook and all those places. So, uh, And we'll yeah, put the link to... in the show notes if you're too lazy to type it into YouTube. We'll put the link in the show notes. <laughs> so you can just one tap your way over there. And uh, I, I, I'll, uh, I'll, I'm probably going to go back and I'm going to start this this alpha project, I kind of want to, you know, I've peppered in on it here and there, but I want to see it from the start and I encourage everybody else to do the same. Yeah, it's been fantastic. And, uh, keep, keep doing the, uh, the podcast. I've been a fan for, for a long time and listening in the garage while I'm working on my crazy project. So well, what's crazy is you don't up. really realize the reach that things have and who might be listening and stuff like that. It, it, it's, it's interesting to hear that, you, you know, before probably we even knew each other existed, maybe you were listening to the podcast and I was watching your YouTube channel. We didn't even know. We never talked before. Yeah, I've, I've been, well, I've been following, I've, uh, I don't know when I started, probably two years ago listening to your podcast and I don't think I've missed an episode since. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. And we just hit 600,000 yeah, downloads. It's, it's kind of feels like a good that's, milestone for us. That's yeah, that's fantastic. And like you said, it's amazing who's who's watching, watching, looking at the YouTube analytics, and you can see a map of the globe, and hover over a country and see that you've been watched for, you know, 
35 minutes in Kazakhstan is just right. Like where did that guy find internet? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And surely that guy in Kazakhstan knows all about making shit work. I mean, that guy's definitely yeah, he, got it figured out. Yeah, exactly. Strangely, I've got very, we've got no, no viewership in North Korea. So I don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah. That's kind but, of a dead zone up there. So, yeah. all right. I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. I, I really oh, appreciate you coming on and, uh, you know, yep. everybody head over to the YouTube, check it out, see what Jeff's up to, check out the Ferrari, check out the Porsche restoration and the ugliest Boxster ever in existence. Right. Absolutely. All right. Take care, man. All right. All right. Thanks, Chris. Yep. Bye-bye. <laughs> see you, mate. Bye. Let's take a break here and talk about our sponsor, Oberk Car Care. Oberk is your source of professional detailing compounds and supplies that is research tested and developed by professional detailers themselves. These are the guys that are actually passionate about detailing and know firsthand what makes a good product. And they truly are great products. I love it's a simple, foolproof, two-step system, easy, and gives an amazing finish. And right now, they're offering a whopping 20% off your order when you use the code OVERCREST. The discount code is good not only on oberkcarcare.com, but also on detailedimage.com and carsupplieswarehouse.com. Please go check them out today. All right. I'm pretty sure Jake will be back next week. Um, we have a great guest. It's going to be uh, uh, Renee from Valkyrie Racing. And if you haven't seen this, she's got the she's going to be driving the, the Polar Porsche. Uh, it's, it's absolutely incredible. I'm not going to ruin any of it, but if you want to check it out, just look up uh, Valkyrie Racing and you'll see the car and then I will definitely be hearing from you next week after you take a look at this thing anyway that's it that's all we've got time for please go to overcrestproductions.com slash drivers club join this drivers club we'd really appreciate it we love your support we love our drivers club members uh, we've got exclusive merch for you guys there you get episodes early if you sign up you get uh you can get a t-shirt you can get a print from me and you guys know i don't really sell prints so uh it's head over there overcrestproductions.com slash drivers club support the show and if you don't support our show please find something to support there's so many creators out there that deserve it we will see you guys next week.